So would you pray with me? Father God, thank you, Lord, for this wonderful church, your church, Father. Thank you, Father, for Dave and his family that he needs this vacations, Lord, because he works way too much for you, God. Thank you, Lord, for tonight. Lord, just open our minds, open our hearts to what that Spirit would say to us tonight. Lord, thank you, Lord, in your mighty name, amen. You know, coming over, <laughs> I saw this guy. He probably was like around 70. With this big old huge teddy bear. He couldn't even walk. But he was going out and he had a big smile. And I'm like, man, he's going to give the bear to somebody he loves. He's going to go and show his love to someone. You know, today we celebrate Valentine's Day. We show our love to those we love. The the biggest way we show our love is, what is it? Chocolate and flowers, right? One will give you a heart attack and one will give you some allergies. <laughs> what a perfect way to say, hey, I love you. Here, gain some weight for me. <laughs> Chocolate is estimating that around 58 million pounds of chocolate will be or is being sold around this time. 58 million pounds of chocolate, man, that's awesome. That's enough to say, oh. And that's made it also that 70% of the men buy flowers. And this, this year, over 110 million roses are being sold, will be sold this day. Have you seen a girl buy flowers for a guy? Well, if you wanna buy flowers for me, I can, it will be well appreciated. But we spend so much to show what we love, to show who we love. Others, Spend on rings and jewelry, right? After all, every kiss begins with K. 
We're not getting any money for the little commercial. But we spend so much money to show people that we love them. Personally, the most intimate way for me to show me that you love me is with a letter. I don't know. There's something awesome to get a piece of paper and do a folder and to read words and to read, I love you. Wow. I got a letter in my lifetime from two people. My mother saying I love you, and a next-door neighbor. I was 15, she was 13, and she wrote me this big, huge letter. I was her counselor of 15. Who would have thought, right? And in the letter it said, please, don't ever change. Don't ever go. Don't ever leave me. I'm like, ah, that melts your heart, right? And then I read that letter maybe 20 times because those words said something to, my, to me. Those words said something to my heart. God has wrote us a letter about his love for us. But within that letter, there are few words that will take our heart away. There's few words that will be, oh, so awesome. Would you go with me to Isaiah 53? If not, it's in the overhead. Isaiah 53. You see the gospel story in one chapter. You see how awesome it is the love of God for us. You know, there's other people that would put the name of their loved ones in heart with the dude saying, Mary, I love you. And what about if they break up? They just go in the race and put another name. But Isaiah 53, you cannot erase what it says. You cannot erase what it says. So let's go for, let's read it part by part. 
We're going to read the first three verses. And it says, who can believe what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, like a root out of dry ground. He has no form or majesty that we should look upon him, and no beauty that we should desire him. Verse 3, he was despised and rejected by men, men of sorrow, and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faith, he was despised, and we esteem him not. Let's stop right there, let's go back and say, the first thing we See, the question, who will believe what he has heard from us? Say, who's going to believe this? And sure enough, the world itself doesn't believe in Christ, doesn't know the love of God. Many people doesn't want to believe. And he goes on to say, and who has the arm of God has revealed? Arm of God, it talks about the mighty and powerful things of God. But you know, Christ suffered. Christ was everything but mighty in the way we think. But he was mighty in his suffering. He showed the power of God going to the grass. He was, he grew up before him like a young plant. Somebody who is taking care of. When you plant somebody, when you plan something, you take care of it. But look the other thing. Look what's next. And like a root out of dry ground. So, Jesus grew up like this plant that God took care of. But he, he was rooted out from bright ground. You know, if you care for a plant, you don't root it out. You carefully remove it from the ground. But it, what exists here is that this 
person, Jesus, was rooted out, was taken out of dry ground. Man, that speaks values to me. That speaks of the fact that he was treated, mistreated. He was treated like he was, like he was this whole set of weeds that was no longer good because we, we rebound the weeds. But the plants, we leave it. But he was rooted out. And look what it says. There was, he had no form, no majesty that we should look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. You know, for years I thought Jesus was the blue eyes, blonde hair dude. He was a server guy. But the truth is, there was no beauty in him. That doesn't mean he was ugly. That doesn't mean that when you look at him, you go, ooh. No. It means that he was just like you and I. He was pain. He was like any other man. He got no majesty. Today we try to give people the word of God and we try to make it as beautiful as possible. And God says, no, do it like I wrote it, plain and simple. Don't try to cover up with this and that. No, keep my word like I wrote it. He was despised and rejected by men. Despised that word is like, you know, when you eat something so nasty that you just, that's that word despised. Like, I don't want nothing to do with this. Get away from me. And if we are true to one another, that's how we are. That's how we used to be. That's how I used to be. God, I don't want anything to do with you. Get away from me. No, no, you will ruin my fun. 
rejected by many. Have you been rejected? It feels awful, right? It feels like your list a person than everybody else. Just think of Jesus being rejected day in, day out. Not only by those people when he came to die for us, but for people today. He's still being rejected. He's still being saying, no, I don't want nothing to do with you. Men are sorrow and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their face, he was despised. And, and we esteem them not. Men of sorrow, pain. Jesus' life was full of pain. Especially those last moments, those last hours. Jesus' life was full of grief because of a world that doesn't believe. A world that God is saying, I give you my everything, and you still turn your back on me. Jesus still grieves today for every life that says, I'd rather do it myself, God. Thank you. And looking at the grass as just another story, just another man who was murdered because of what he preached. And God said, no, no, listen. It wasn't just another man. It was Jesus, my son. And I'm grieving right now because you would not understand that. We go on to verse 4 and say, Surely he borne our grief, carry our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God. What's that? He did it for us. We should be in the cross. We should be down deep in the valley of hell. But God, through Jesus, took our pain, took our sorrow, and we want esteem them stricken, smitten by God. We still see Jesus and see like Maybe he, he deserved being in the grass. No, you're missing the, the mark. You're missing the point, Christian. The point is, 
Judy have been you and I paying for that. It should be you and I having the sorrow group, having the grief. But it was him. We still sometimes go. Maybe that God was his plan to send Jesus Christ. And that's true. But don't you realize that if we didn't, we wouldn't be here today. And our eternal destiny won't be with God, wouldn't be with the Heavenly Father, wouldn't be out there in darkness. Bird 5 tells us, but he was pierced for our transgression. He was tried for our iniquity. Upon him was the generous thing that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. He was pierced for our transgression. You know, every, every time we sin, even as Christians, we need to think about those hands, those feet, the mark of love and God's and Jesus' body. Oh, because let me remind you, it's still there. The mark of love is still there in heaven. And we'll be looking at them for the rest of eternity. And every time we see a hole through the hand of our Savior, we're going to be remembered as your transgression. That's why his hand is pierced. It's our iniquity. That's why his feet is pierced. But he says, upon him what the judgment the brother's peace. Dear, dear family, we have peace of, with God because of the blood. We have peace with God because he poured out all the wrath upon his only son, upon the only one who can make things right. And he says, with his wounds, we are healed. You know, God, I was 
I grew up with the resentment towards my father. Because it was so deep that I wanted him to just disappear. When I came to the Lord, the resentment slowly turning to caring, turning to love towards my father. And only God, through his son, Jesus Christ, and through what he went through the grass, I can be, the resentment can be turning to love and peace. Our life has changed. Not because of some, some magical thing. It was only because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we still look at the grass and say, thank you. But we don't think about how much those painful things hurt, how much he gave up for us. Zach said, we as sheep has gone straight. We have turned everyone to his ways. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter like a sheep that before it shepherds in silence and he opened his mouth. Wow. Again he tells us it was because of us he was wounded. And then he tells us he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened out his mouth. <laughs> Family, remember the next time you complain about your wife. But the Lord Jesus Christ never once complained about the pain he went through. And you may be sitting here, yeah, but he was God. Yes, he was God. He is God. And that's the main reason why we shouldn't complain, because he was God. He, he had no right. He has... He had no reason why to go through what he went through because he was perfect. But he opened not his mouth. Now once he complained, and we complain a 
about the traffic Monday morning. Come on. Jesus was beaten up to the point that we did it, that no one knew that it was a person. We about seven years, six, seven years ago, the budget of the grace came out and people were complaining because it was too traffic. No, don't show that. Let me tell you, it wasn't graphic at all. Not what the Lord went through. It says that they didn't, they couldn't tell if it was a, a human being after the beating. So next time you want to complain, remember, he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Not because he couldn't open his mouth. No, because of your love for me and for you. Because of the love he had for us. It says, by your bridging and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who consider that he was cut off of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they make his great with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence, and there is no deceit in his mouth. He, he says he was oppressed in judgment, taken away. The judgment that we needed to pay, he paid. What we needed to be done, he did. Nine tells us they made his grave with the wicked. He was crucified between two thieves, between two people that are wicked that were wicked, and he was treated worse. By them, and a rich man in his death, Joseph admitted Tia, he, Jesus, had no grave. Then there's this man called Joseph, who had a grave, he was rich. 
and he landed to Jesus. And Jesus rested in the grave. He was with the wicked, but yet he had done no violence. There's no violence in Jesus. I know you, you may be sitting here, man. Where's the drugs? Where's, where's the love? Where's something that makes me feel good? I know this chapter, we read it and it's like, oh. But remember, remember, family, it's a chapter of love. It's a letter of love from God to us. Chapter, verse 10 says, Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He had put him to grief. When he saw making effort for guilt, he should seek his offsprings, and he should prolong his day, and will, and the will of the Lord should prosper in his hand. What Jesus wasn't either. We don't need to feel sorry for Jesus because he wasn't either a beast victim of the circumstances. It was the will of the Lord to grudge him. It was God saying, I'm going to have, I'm going to have my will in making you suffer. Not because I like to make my own son suffer, but because that's the only way they, everybody else, could come to me. That's the only way art can see me, can have a relationship with me. The Bible tells us that Jesus did not speak a word that he will suit every grief because of the price that was standing before him. The price was you and me. The reason Jesus didn't speak when he was getting beat up, when he was getting mocked, when he was getting crucified, because in his eyes, he saw you, each one of you. In his eyes, he saw us and said, this is why I don't 
preserve my voice. So it was pleasing to God. It was the will of God to grace him. Look how it is. He should seek his offspring and he should prolong his days. The will of God should prosper in his hand. Jesus, just Jesus died, but he rose again. And the will of God will prosper in the hands of Jesus. What's the will of God? For you and me to have a relationship with God. Nothing more. God doesn't see about this world to have peace. God doesn't care so much about the trees and the, the birds and the flowers. No, he cares much more about you and me. We, uh, we're almost done. I need a chocolate after this. I love the anguish of his soul. He should see he bees and bees. Sanctified, sanctified by his knowledge to the righteous one, my servant, have many to be accounted righteous. You know what that means? By what he did, by what he went through, you and me are righteous before God. You and me are holy before God. Don't think about yourself too highly. It's only because of him. God can look at you and smile. Only because of him can God go, I love you. The last verse tells us about the victory of this person who suffered, who bore our sins. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he should divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death. And what's number with the transgressors? But yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Was done. God said, because of what he did, I will give a portion to him. He be strong. 
and because he bore the sins of many and made intercession for the transgressors. God, Jesus, see, people think that Jesus came, died, and rose again, and went home. That's it, right? No. He's still at work. He's making transition for you and me, Christian. Every time we sin, he he reminds the Father of what he went through. And that's why the mark of love and his hands are still visible today. Because he's still saying to God, look, Dad, this is what I paid for them. So in closing, I would like for us to think about that's the love of God. That's the love of Christ. If you are single like me, and my phone number is done. If you are single and you said, oh, no one loves me. Oh, poor me. Oh, remember that somebody gave his life, was beating to the point of being unrecognizable because of you. Yes, you. Yes, me. We are love. The mark of God, the mark of love, it's on the grass. What are we going to do with the Christians? What are we going to do? We're going to read it and be like, that's nice. That was beautiful of God, but that's all. Or are we really going to look at it and be like, I want I want to show you love the way you show me love. I know I cannot do enough like you did for me. But let me do my part to show my love for you. My prayer for every one of us is that we think this relationship with Jesus to the most intimate, intimate place, which is on our knees every day, which is falling in love day by day with him. Look at the marks of love.
and be reminded that you were loved beyond all compare. Let's pray. Father God, I want to say I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry because every time I sin, I trample on what you did for me. I'm sorry because every time I think about myself highly, more than you, Lord, I I make less your sacrifice. I'm sorry, Lord, because I live for me. I live because I want this and that. Lord, help me to live for you. Help me to show you just one portion of the love you show me. Thank you, Lord, for those marks. May I kiss them when I get to heaven. May I say thank you by kissing every mark you share for me. In your mighty name, Lord, amen.